So I think it is fascinating to think about the idea that perhaps one day payments could completely disappear. That's what we're going to explore in this episode of Navigating Digital Payments. Welcome to the Navigating Digital Payments podcast, brought to you by Worldline, bringing you the latest innovations, trends and predictions about the future of payments. Hello and welcome to this episode of Navigating Digital Payments. I'm David Daly. I look after the Discovery Hub here at Worldline and I'm pleased to say I'm joined today by Denny Fevre, who is the Head of Innovation at Worldline. Hi Denny, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Great to have you joining us, Denny. So, I gave this little tease right at the start, but really what we're going to be discussing today is the idea of autonomous payments, so payments being being made on your behalf. And I'm really interested to hear from you later, what are some of the use cases around autonomous payments? Can they be trusted? And, and how do you think they're going to evolve into the future? But before we come on to that, you know, I know you've been working on this topic of autonomous payments for quite some time. I'm interested to know what drew you to it? What made you passionate about this subject? Well, um, I, I guess we all know that uh, the digital revolution is ongoing and uh, and there's uh, some tremendous number of things uh, that will change as a consequence of this. Uh, in particular, uh, day after day, what we see is technologies that enable always smarter, always more autonomous applications. And uh, if you think of uh, autonomous cars, uh, smart assistants, uh, etc., at some point you cannot avoid thinking of situations when uh, what we call autonomous payment will happen. Okay, so it's good. It's good to draw the parallel a, a little bit there. So you you mentioned autonomous cars, and I guess that's a something most people are familiar with the idea of a tesla car going into auto mode and being able to do some of the driving automatically and maybe this dream in the future that we will just sit around playing a a game of monopoly in the car whilst it drives us to our destination completely autonomously but i think what you're saying is firstly autonomous payments is about how can that type of technology be applied to making a payment on your behalf but also the more and more that devices and things are doing things autonomously, the more and more they will come up against a point where they have to pay for something autonomously as well. Is that is that what you're thinking, Danny, there? Yes, I guess. Uh, maybe let's make a parallel. Uh, if you are a parent, at some point, you will enable your kids or your teenagers to spend money uh, so that they can buy what they need or what they like. Uh, and uh, this without having to refer to you. Uh, in this case, you will set global rules, you will define some limits, and that's it. Uh, you won't look into the details of the spendings, uh, in which stores, uh, to buy what exactly, except sometimes to update the rules and the limits uh, and check that everything is fine, or sometimes to, to confirm exceptions. Um, 
with uh, with more connected and more distributed and smarter systems uh, you i guess you don't want to to deal with uh, each and every payment act that is to be done uh, and you never want uh, to accumulate dozens or even hundreds of micro subscriptions uh, which would uh, become totally unmanageable at the end of the day uh, to give examples uh, one for the increase fill of the printer, uh, one for uh, the updates of your GPS, uh, one for the yearly maintenance of the air conditioning, another one for the charging of the electric car, uh, etc. So this is one level. And that's not all, because if you think of a smart agent, which is capable of looking for the most interesting offers and combining them to arrange your next holiday trip, or if you think of your virtual concierge uh, to which you will delegate the organization of uh, some uh, birthday party, or if you think of a smart attendant that uh, will take care of your ordinary and regular needs like uh, running errands, uh, restocking the fridge uh, for the week, or buying uh, school stationery, or booking a nice outing for the weekend. Uh, I, I think you, uh, at some point you, you will start to get the picture uh, in which you, you can see a multiplicity of buying decisions based on a multiplicity of offers and possibly involving a multiplicity of vendors. and. Because of that, uh, you making uh, uh, all this going off the limits uh, of a plain old subscription model. Uh, so the, 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 the point of autonomous payment is going beyond all that, all this automated payment and uh, uh, reaching the point where autonomy can be reached. Thank you for that, Denny. I guess it's maybe worth me mentioning now that uh, in the paper that we published in the from the Worldline Discovery Hub last year, there was a whole chapter that you were involved in writing about autonomous payments. And I think one of the things that was really useful was it gave this really clear definition of what autonomous payments are. So let's briefly now hear uh, an extract from that paper where it explains precisely what autonomous payments here. And then I want to come back to you and talk a little bit more about some of those use cases as well. Autonomous payments are payment transactions triggered by an authorised virtual payment agent acting on behalf of the consumer. This payment agent can be part of an IoT device such as a smart refrigerator. It could also be a piece of software such as a printing application. Or it can take the form of a smart contract which automatically triggers payments when certain conditions are met. Commentators sometimes refer to this as programmable money. In either case, the rules and boundaries for the payment are initially set by the user within a specific context, giving the payment agent the authority to activate and complete the payment on their behalf. So at the end there, we heard about giving the payment agent the authority to activate and complete the payment on their behalf. And I like as well, Denny, you mentioned you know, the example of having children and and delegating certain levels of authority to your to your kids something i'm i'm familiar with um, do you i i wonder with payments you also mentioned sometimes we have lots of small micropayments subscriptions the, the ink cartridge in the printer that was also mentioned in that extract there um i always think there are there are some payments that probably we would all rather we had no involvement in and, and they just happened automatically within some predefined conditions. 
on the other hand, I still feel like if it's a major purchase or a more interesting purchase, like a car or a holiday or a new camera, I think maybe sometimes I would like I would like to be more involved in in that step because that feels like the emotional point where I'm making the decision to purchase something. So again, I'm just interested in your view. Do you think do you think eventually all payments will become autonomous or do you think actually there'll be some cases where people still want to be more personally involved in it? Um yeah, I think I think uh, autonomy is something you, you want for something that is less interesting to you. Uh, you do, don't want to take care of that and conversely there are uh, situations there are cases when uh, you uh, as you pictured uh, you want to take care of them so uh, uh, it's not a white and black situation it's rather uh, uh, a continuum and uh, the difficulty will be at the uh, boundary between uh, what is interesting and what is less interesting, probably there uh, uh, we are at the limits I was talking I was talking about before. Uh, but uh, in general, I don't think we will uh, switch to something fully autonomous because, uh, of course, uh, what would be the point of having autonomous payment on buying a house? Uh, what would be the point of uh, autonomous payment on uh, buying a new car uh, or things that uh, are especially important and sufficiently uh, rare so that uh, you can take care of that? You know, what that's making me realise is that there might be some payments that we always want to be involved in ourselves, but there are a lot where it would be more convenient if it was done on our behalf. But it's only more convenient, it's only useful if you can trust it to be done right, you know, done in accordance with what you would like. So if, you know, if, if suddenly I find my virtual assistant has ordered thousands of toilet rolls at a very high price that I don't need. That's not that's not useful or convenient. It's actually uh, just quite annoying. And um, so I guess this this point of of trust is is really um it's really important. And I know that it was something else that was discussed in in the in the paper from last year. So let's let's just hear an extract on that topic of trust. And then I'm interested, Denny, to get get more of your views on that too. An essential enabler for autonomous payments is assuring consumers that they can be trusted. To do this, the consumer must be fully in control, either by defining upfront the acceptable payment conditions, or by being assured that controls afterwards will reverse any payment not in line with set expectations. To reach this objective, we consider that there are four cornerstones. Identity and privacy, autonomy and consent, payment means, and finally, financial funding. So, Denny, we heard there these four cornerstones. So could you say a bit more about which of those you think are the most important and maybe also how you think they can be achieved practically? Well, uh, each of them brings a different aspect of the story, of course. Uh, Identity and privacy uh, is important. Uh, because it relates uh, to the fact that smart agents and systems uh, become kind of an extension of yourself in the digital world. Uh, so they will need to have access to some of your personal data and context. 
but uh, it must be done in a proper way so that uh, it avoids that no more than the information uh, needed uh, uh, for a given purpose is disclosed. So there are uh, technical solutions to do this, uh, but the point is to, to do it in a, an, easy, an easy way for, for the user. Um, regarding payment means, uh, this is covered by a broad range of possibilities. On one hand, uh, you will find the usual mechanisms based on cards, credit transfer, direct debits. Uh, and on, on the other hand, uh, you will find newer ones such as digital currencies or smart contracts. And I guess it will open up uh, interesting prospects. Um, regarding uh, financial funding, uh, I think it raises interesting questions, uh, both for the consumer and the merchants, uh, such as uh, will I pay before, now, later, who takes the risks? At this point, uh, micropayments might be an interesting uh, starting point. And finally, and maybe it's uh, the most important in my opinion, autonomy consent is a quite tricky one because uh, there is indeed a, a balance between the latitude you give to a smart agent and the level of control you want to keep. Finding the best way to express uh, and to ensure this balance is quite challenging. Uh, and I think uh, there is a lot to invent in the, uh, this area so that the system properly understands that you don't want uh, that many paper rolls. <laughs> Coming back to the uh, the toilet roll example, but it's it's true, isn't it? That I guess um, it's like when any whenever you're delegating something to a person or a machine, you obviously want the maximum convenience, and that comes by delegating as much as possible to to the person or, or the machine. But at the same time, the more you delegate, the more there is a risk that it will be out of alignment with what you what you want and even even simple things i think so for example if you had a virtual agent that was buying your food shopping for you well you could set i could set a 100 euro limit say for the week but if it then just buys me 100 euros worth of mushrooms it's it's still not a good outcome so it goes beyond simple thresholds i suppose and simple spending limits to to also other behaviors or that you expect from it i mean so it it strikes me as just as a very it's interesting but it's also quite a complex area and how do you think how do you think people can build up that kind of trust in what ultimately are probably going to be ai powered um you know bots that 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 transact on your behalf i'm not sure about that um, but my feeling is that it could be something progressive i, I mean first you will start with relatively strict uh, rules uh, and low limits and progressively you will uh, increase the level of latitude you give to an agent. Uh, so maybe uh, there will be some kind of dialogue between the agent and you about uh, what if uh, I ordered more than this? Uh, would you care? Uh, would you mind? Uh, something like that. And I, I imagine the agent progressively learning about what you uh, uh, expect, what you tolerate, uh, what you... Uh, let's say uh, mind and what you reject uh, or even refuse so uh, it's something uh, that could be uh, could be a way to to develop that uh, if you think of another parallel uh, it can be with the the, the 
the settings in uh, social networks, uh, privacy settings, it's always very difficult to express what you want actually. Uh, you are, uh, you have uh, sometimes a relatively complex uh, user interface to define uh, what you want, what you don't want. But at the end of the day, uh, you always discover new cases uh, that are not covered by that or uh, misunderstood, so to say, uh, by the system. That, that's why I was saying uh, there is a lot to invent because uh, we are dealing with uh, the expression, the formalization of something that is maybe clear to you in your mind, but not necessarily uh, easy to express. So if we come round then a little bit to more thinking about the future, Denny, where do you think autonomous payments are, are going to go next? And, and what do you think are going to be some of the, the, the exciting developments people need to be watching out for? Well, I'm happy to see that uh, you're always trying to look even further, David. <laughs> um, <laughs> an interesting development uh, for me of autonomous payment uh, could be that they become bidirectional. I mean, sometimes you pay, sometimes you are paid because uh, you earn from uh, a contribution you made uh, from uh, with your connected devices, uh, with your systems. Uh, just to give examples, uh, uh, you got a weather station on uh, on your roof and uh, it collects uh, continuously uh, weather data and uh, this data can be uh, useful to someone else uh, and so you get uh, some uh, some compensation from that uh, or uh, you have a parking space uh, which is uh, free when you are away so what about uh, monetizing that uh, with some uh, possibility for someone to to rent it or even your car, if you don't use it, uh, whatever. So, but we could even go further if uh, the resources that are the resources that are shared, uh, like uh, I just mentioned, are also uh, something that could be combined with uh, someone else's resources to deliver something more valuable. It can become even more interesting. Uh, again, a basic example, but I guess uh, it illustrates my thinking. Uh, you could book at once two adjacent parking spaces from two different owners because you have a trailer or a RV and uh, and it's useful to you. You don't have to take care of finding the owners uh, and synchronizing things because the smart agents deal with that. And uh, conversely, uh, the owners will receive a part of, the, of the, the, the compensation of that. So it's something that could be pooling uh, uh, the resources uh, and I guess we can even imagine even uh, more elaborated uh, ways to to get value out of that. So yeah, quite. So yes, yeah, not just autonomous payments, but uh, autonomous earnings. I guess is is what you're describing there. So that's quite quite um, quite interesting. So I do want to come back, Denny, and ask you this question of: Do you think we might never have to pay for anything ever again? Um, before I do that, I just want to remind people where they can download this this report. Um, you visit worldline.com, um, click on Knowledge Hub, and then click on Scientific Reports, and you can access the Navigating Digital Payments report there. I also just want to remind people that if you want to get in touch with us, uh, let us know a, a topic that you'd like us to cover, um, give us any feedback at all, you can email in on ndp-podcast at worldline.com. And of course, my usual reminder to please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast and uh, leave us a review and a rating. So, Denny, coming back to this question, 
do you think we might one day never have to pay for anything ever again? So it depends on what you call paying first. Uh, and I think it will be the, 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 the root on, of my answer. Uh, basically, a payment is a consent. I don't think we want to give up on this. It's rather the opposite. We don't want to uh, uh, give up consenting to payments. So s through autonomous payments, you may, uh, let's say, define some kind of space in which your consent is uh, implicitly established and therefore you accept to pay and the agent has the latitude to use that. But outside of that, you want to, to uh, explicitly consent. So that's why I, I don't think uh, you will reach a, a, a situation where you never, never pay for anything by yourself. Uh, and so uh, there is also another point, which is that if you are talking about fully eliminating the friction around the consent, uh, here we are, we are all in. Uh, I mean, uh, it's important and it's one of the basics of the payment uh, to find how to, uh, to, to eliminate this friction, uh, make it as smooth, as easy as possible. Uh, what, what we want at the end of the day is pay as we think, I guess, rather than anything else. I love that. Pay as you think, because I think you're absolutely right. I want... I want to make a payment only when I want to make a payment, but I don't particularly enjoy filling in a long credit card number and, and a code and then having a two-factor authentication or a, a phone call from my bank. Those are, The friction is not what I enjoy, but then you're so right. The, the dilemma or the tension is how do you know that someone is intending, is consenting to make their payment, whilst on the other hand having the bare better minimum of friction as you say ideally that i just think it and it and it happens and that i think is is quite an interesting challenge i guess for the payments industry that, that that's coming up so denny i guess if we summarize it feels like we've covered a lot of ground in a short time there starting out by really thinking about what do we mean by autonomous payments and what are some of the use cases that that we're already seeing or we'll see in the near future uh, we talked about that trust topic and being able to progressively trust machines to make payments more on your on your behalf and then i think really interesting to talk about the future and where this could go and particularly that idea of bi-directional autonomous payments or autonomous earnings and i think that that conclusion there at the end was uh, was really insightful of you to say that it, it's it's all tied into reducing friction but maintaining that that critical aspect of consent so denny thank you so much for joining the podcast it's been a real pleasure to have you with us thank you david and i will just finish off as always uh, with thanking our listeners for joining us today as we navigate digital payments Thank you for listening to the Navigating Digital Payments podcast, brought to you by Worldline. Join us next time to learn more about the latest innovations, trends and predictions for the future of payments.